Well, welcome everyone. You're listening to A Night at the Roundtable, and we're coming to you live from bbsradio.com, station two. My name's Caroline Oceano Ryan, and I'll be your host for this evening. And I'm here with my really wonderful co host, energy healer and bioenergetics expert, Banayak, energy healer, Randy Miller, psychic medium and soul historian, Amina McGee. Our Faction 3 White Knights, Rama Berkowitz and Tara Green, and our panelists, Penny Christofferson and Micah Green. So our guests in the second hour will be an amazing woman, Mariel Ford-Clark. So we look forward to that. She's just an utter brilliant light in the universe and assists people in their transition from this world to the next and also helps people to recover their spirits fully if they're somewhat out of the body, and you'll hear about that in the interview. So this is a very interactive show. Please do call in if you've got a comment or question for any of the co-hosts. The interview this evening had to be pre-recorded because Mario lives in the west coast of Ireland, and it's 2 a.m. there. So you won't be able to ask Marl too many questions, but if you would like to call in later and ask a question or make a comment on the topic, please do. The numbers to call for Station 2 are 888-429-5471. Again, that's 888-429-5471 or 323-744-4841. That's 323-744-4841. So let's start with the meditation, as we always do. And we're going to hear that from our wonderful friend, Vinayak. So I'll pass that talking stick to you, Vinayak. Thank you so much. Thank you, Caroline. And greetings to all of our listeners. Ah, just take a deep breath. There's so much going on. So now's our time to just let it go. Just notice where you are right now. And as you notice, allow yourself to just rest. Experience the gratitude. that you're able to listen to this broadcast, that you're able to take this now moment to be with your friends and your loved ones and your family, for we are all indeed one family of love and light. Just breathe that in. Breathe in that acknowledgement of who you are. Breathe in that love. The love of being alive. The love of being Here now. 
and take another deep breath. And on the exhale, just let it all go. Whatever has happened, whatever is going on in your day, your week, your month, your year, your decade. Acknowledge yourself, you're still here and you made it. You made it to this moment of time. This beautiful present. For indeed, we are blessed on so many levels to be experiencing all that is happening right now. With the solar eclipse fast approaching on Saturday. And with that, just acknowledge the beautiful Mother Earth that is supporting you right now. And become aware of the vibration and tune into the vibration at the bottom of your feet. Or as you put your attention there, you may notice your feet vibrating. And this is the energy of the Divine Mother giving back to you as she supports and loves you as you give your energy to her. This beautiful Mother Earth that we're blessed to be on right now. That we're blessed to experience the transformation, the lifting of energies into the fifth dimension and beyond. And take another deep breath. As you bring those energies up through your body. And I bring your attention and all your awareness to the top of your head. And allow your beautiful crown to open as you simultaneously send energy into the cosmos above you, into the galaxies, into all the energies that exist, connecting with our star brothers and sisters. And take that energy all the way to the sun of the central suns. And just notice how immediately that energy is returned back to you as it flows into your body, fills you up, fills your physical vessel this physical container that houses your beautiful spirit. And become aware of the vibration as this energy 
comes down from the heavens and up from the earth below. And as it blends, notice that the energy of you is expanding and your awareness is deepening, is broadening as your energies are flowing outward to all of it is. And at the same time, miraculously returning right back to you. Expanding your beautiful heart center, your high heart, connecting all of your chakras in perfect alignment. Perhaps you might even feel those energy centers in you opening as you take deeper and deeper breaths into this now moment. And let's send a pulse of energy around the globe. A pulse of energy of love. A pulse of energy of gratitude. A pulse of acknowledgement of all that we are here to do. Of all that we've already accomplished. Breathing in this now moment. Breathing in this moment where all is created. And expanding that awareness and that truth of who you are. This being of love and light. And in this expanded state. Continue to breathe. For we have a wonderful show here for you tonight. And listen. And take the words into your heart. And if you're guided and feel comfortable doing so, please share this with everyone where we are all united and we have already won for we are the love and we are the light. And most importantly, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. Namaste. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you so much, my friend. Very, very powerful, very beautiful. And uh, we so value your your wonderful contributions. We value the contribution of all our listeners because, um, you know, the shift we're seeing on this planet, it's down to all of you. You're anchoring this light. You're enacting it all. That's what I was saying. So thank you so much. So, all right. Um, So we'll do some energy updates in this first hour before we go on to the interview with Mario Ford Clark, who's an author and energy worker. And I feel a shaman because she, um, 
She seems to walk between worlds, as they say, yes. So I just want to quickly repeat the law of one excerpt that we like to say on this show, that we are all one. When one is helped, all are helped. Therefore, in the name of who I am, and I am one with all there is, I ask that only that which is for the higher good of all happen now and always. I give thanks. It is done so to be. Wonderful. So I don't know if someone would like to go first. Um, let's see here. Micah, have you got a quick report for us? Anything from the Cash Foundation or any other observations you might have made about the energy lately? I'll pass that talking stick to you. Thank you, Caroline. <clears throat> well, I got to tell you, uh, ever since Sunday, I've just been totally shellacked by the energies coming into this planet. It is super intense. And uh, my <clears throat> recommendation is for people to stay in the high heart as much as possible. Uh, listen to peaceful music that, that is uplifting. Thing. Um, Rama actually sent me uh, it's something from Gaia. It's called Sonic Journeys. And it's a whole series of uh, very high level kind of meditation style music. And it's I highly recommend that. <clears throat> I've incorporated that into my daily routine. I've, I notice it's just a really lovely, uh, it makes the energy so wonderful to have that. And yeah, you know, staying in, in tune with nature. Keep your focus off of all the mainstream crap that's coming in. Don't even put your attention on it. Uh, you know, <clears throat> and you know, the most important is, is, is as, as each and every one of us, when we stay in those higher vibrations that gives less and less power to all of the things they're trying to shove in our face. So that's probably my report for now. And I'll pass a talking stick back to you, Caroline. Well, thank you, Mike. I think you make an excellent point there that clearly there's a concentrated effort to bring the mental and emotional and etheric vibration of humanity uh, on a steady decline. And we can just release the ridiculousness of that and absolutely get out in nature, listen to high vibrational music, sound healing, whatever will assist you in staying positive in this time and understanding that all of these pitfalls are just they're old tricks i think we're all past that at this point so um omina would you like to share any insights sure um wonderful <laughs> sometimes i feel like i live in such a different world than most people and 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 working and keeping myself grounded i'm going to tell you a little story how the universe works uh, probably about a month ago, when my friends asked me, that's why I wasn't on last week, asked me to go on this journey with her to Lancaster um, in Pennsylvania, to Amish country, which I've never been to. And it was for three or four days, and it was overnight. And I just said to her, well, if that's not really in my budget right now. And she said, we're not talking about your budget. We're talking about... You can come. You don't have to worry about anything. She said, it's all paid for. And I had to question myself and say, 
gee, can I receive that? And then, you know, a few seconds later, yeah, I can receive that. There was an awful lot of higher power going on with this. We get down there. We're on the bus. People join on the bus. The woman's sitting by herself. There's a man giving a talk about the Amish culture and on forgiveness. And she, the first night she didn't join for dinner because she had a terrible migraine. The next day was about the culture. And she screams up that she's never going to forgive the guy that murdered her only child. And nobody said anything. Nobody did anything. She was missing again that night with the migraine. The next day, she was put in my path. And I don't know how it happened. I put my arm around her and I said, I just want you to know I'm a spiritual medium. And she she nearly cried and just said, oh my God, my prayers have been answered. I've been begging God to send someone to me. I just want to know if my daughter is okay and if her husband is okay. I said, sure, I can bring in your daughter. I did. And the shocker was, her daughter came in and said, tell my mother I wasn't murdered. And that was the beginning of a weekend of working with her. And that was my whole purpose to be there. It wasn't about visiting the, the Amish. It was about going with the flow, trustiness, being able to be open to receiving. And then the true purpose was shown. And my friend that invited me just said to me, well, you got your assignment for the weekend. It was kind of funny, and yet it wasn't funny. But it was really, it was like a miracle happened to this woman. And I'm not saying I did the miracle because she was wide open to whatever, to whatever it was that she was, she had to hear. And I was amazed at the fact that I could tell her her daughter's been 10 years and she's been telling everybody, 10 years gone, she's been telling everybody her daughter was murdered. And I come along and tell her she's not. And that always amazes me that I can have the nerve to do that. It's almost like, am I stealing her grief? No, I'm giving her information that sometimes people are afraid to tell people, but it changed everything. It changed her whole energy. She said, she could feel this whoosh of energy coming through her, getting rid of everything, and then this other whoosh of energy coming through, filling her up. There was an awful lot more that went on. But I just thought that was very, very striking. And I said, well, you're the one that has to do the work, not me. I'm the one that gives you the information. And the lesson I came away from that was always, always be open to the universe when it presents something, don't question it. Don't analyze it. If you can receive it, say yes. Because you just never know where it's going to take you. And that to me is real energy at work. How it unfolds, how it presents itself. And I was not interfering in any of it. I still don't remember how I ended up talking to her. 
how I took the chance and tell her I was a medium. And I just totally trusted it. I'm not supposed to remember. I don't remember most of the conversation. And it's just, again, just trust. Be open to receiving. Miracles do happen because it definitely happened for her. I passed the talk of day. What an amazing story, Omina. Yeah, uh, I, you I know, thought so. You know, as they say, the universe conspired to bring the two of you together. And you were exactly the person required because not everybody's able to tap into that kind of specificity. Right. Um, yeah. 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 It it that's it. It still amazes me. It still amazes me. Yeah, yeah. and I hope it amazes me until I take my last breath. Yeah, it's just it's wonderful. You stay in amazement because that ke- probably keeps your whole outlook very fresh, and it, you don't, you know. Well, it most certainly. I have no expectations, and I don't. T- I don't take the credit for the successes, and I don't take the credit for. The failures, because I don't do the work. I'm the I'm definitely a catalyst. There's no doubt about that. And I definitely can provide information. And I definitely have no fear of confrontation. Yeah. So, you know, it's like just trusting. And I say that to everybody. Yeah. Trust everybody. Everyone trusts the universe because the universe is not going to hurt you. Oh, that is absolutely beautiful. Thank you. All right, sweetie. Thank you so much. That is so great. Um, So, all right. um, Let me see here. Penny, did you have an energy update or any comments you'd like to share? Yes, I do. All right. We'll pass that talking stick to you. Thank you. Caroline, am I screaming in your ear or am I at a good level today? You're all right, I think. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. Well, I have some things to share that I'm, I, I had intended to send out, uh, but I will give you, um, I'll give you forewarning. One of them is a, an interview with Tanya Gabrielle, who speaks of the, um, what you may call it, that's happening on tomorrow and how powerful it is, and uh, you'll get the video. To, I'll send it all out tonight, but it's really something. Then I uh, typed, uh, typed out or downloaded from Telegram two visitations, which is an event described by a lady called Janet Doerr, and I gather she's been a guest on the show. And the visitations, the two different visitations these lady ha- this lady had were about one of them was about um, the the dark a, a being who came into her bedroom and and she asked our Archangel Michael to escort the person away but he stayed so she asked what he wanted the being said to me you won referring to the light winning I just nodded in acceptance of that I asked the being what it wanted we want to leave I asked how many she, he answered all of us. Um, so I invoked the company of heaven to create a pathway to support the leaving of the dark ones. I anticipated in ho- I participated in holding the energy, asking that the leaving be handled with grace and compassion, but in complete alignment with universal law as it relates to divine justice. I then watched many souls depart upon this pathway for quite a long time, quite a long time. That image finally faded after almost 30 minutes. And then the uh, next one, a man came into my awareness 
he was on the earth plane and he said, I surrender. Then he turned his back to me and I found myself putting a set of handcuffs on him. Then the handcuff man was taken away. So my take on all of this is many, many, many dark souls left the planet that night, which was Easter morning, April the 17th. If there are, were real news, I expect we would be seeing or hearing reports of many, many sudden deaths. Many more people still fully embodied will be arrested in an accelerated wave of arrests. And I know that Rama's going to address that in the, in the White Night News, so I won't go any further with that one. I just want to add a personal note here. On two different occasions, one of them here in Edmonton, I had a friend who lives in the south, sort of the southwest part of the city, in an area where um, there used to be a lot of uh, Indian encampments. And um, it's it's a, a park-like area, and there's a valley and some gullies and so on. And through her house, energies used to pass. And she finally asked them to leave because they were bothering her children. But eventually the kids got used to it too, and they could just tell who you know what it was. The numbers did um, s- slow down. But um, this was just a normal occurrence in their house. And then a friend of ours, uh, mine and Lens, and he was in um, he was in New Zealand, and he had been asked by uh, he had been taken by native native people from New Zealand to go to a watch, uh, an evening watch, and the same thing happened, where they prayed for the souls of people, and then all of these people left, and it went on for two or three hours. So I, I've seen this thing happen, and I have a, I have a friend here in Edmonton who who um, helps release souls like that too. So um, this is normal procedure for certain kinds of energy workers. So then, I another thing is that will also be coming out. I got a um, an email connection from a, a friend from the um, Cheryl Croce's calls. And it's called Hold On, Change is Coming. And she's a, she's a, an astrologer, too. And I actually used to follow her quite a long time. So I was quite pleased to be able to get back in touch with her. But she talks about all of the main themes uh, for May, April, the end of April and for May and so on. And uh, it's like, hold on to your hats, folks. Uh, the change is all of these things are going to happen now. And every piece that they discuss, they discuss is uh, really good news. And the final piece, um, I'm sorry, I didn't get it out sooner, but it's called Music for a Revolution. And it's a new documentary. I I got the link from one of my favorite writers on the TIE. And she's the culture editor for the TIE. And she's discussing a, a video put out by, it's called Viva Maestro. And it's put out about a Venezuelan, a Venezuelan conductor called Gustavo Dudamel. And he, he started at 19. Uh, yes, he started at 19. Well, he was a lot earlier than that when he learned to play the violin. Um, but he was conducting at 19. And uh, she's listened to, um, she, it, the, the movie opens, she says, with him conducting Beethoven's Ninth which, of course, got my attention right off the top. And and then she goes on to talk about a musical program that was started in Venezuela for helping the children 
take musical training in the barrios and how that how that has changed the life it, of of these kids it's truly um a joyful and very moving uh story um and of course i'm here to attest to the power of music in in all of our lives and especially she mentioned beethoven's ninth and she mentioned the new world symphony both of which were two are two of my favorite pieces of music so they're both um she talks about uh, the man who started the music program talks about the fact that um the very nature of an orchestra, and this is, of course, true of a choir, the very nature of an orchestra, communal, cooperative, but also, and most importantly, collectively transcendent. And I, I've never heard that word used about a choir, but that's exactly the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it offered young people something more and bigger. In its essence, the orchestra and choir are more than artistic structures because to sing and play together means to intimately coexist. They are examples and schools of social life. And that will I'll send those out tonight. Thank you so much, Penny. That mm-hmm. is great. And I've heard of that that program um, and uh, the music program in South America and it's it's very powerful, powerful work. So yes, and it's it, there are part there are some I'm sorry, Carolyn, I just to follow up because I had gone on and read some more material about it, and there are programs like that in Canada and one of them in Vancouver East the east end of Vancouver. So uh, and it's been very successful just for the th- reasons that the uh, person who created the, the creator of the program said, you know, the kids just sing for joy. And it's awesome. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So, all right. Um, Vinayak, you had something quick you wanted to share. Yes. Uh, thank you, Caroline. I had something very interesting happen to me the other day uh, in the middle of the night. And it's something that I've not experienced before that I'm aware of. And I woke up, and I woke up hearing myself talking. It wasn't like I was talking to myself. I was actually talking to my sister. One of my sisters, who's no longer in the physical, so she's on the other side. And I was having a conversation with her. And... It was like she was communicating telepathically. I was communicating very openly and very verbally out loud. And it felt like I was still asleep, and yet I knew I was awake because I ended up uh, going to the bathroom, and I just kept talking with her, and And then, amazingly, after our conversation, as if she was right there with me, and, you know, we're told this all the time, that as people pass over, they are right next to you. However, I'd never experienced it quite that viscerally as I did at that moment. And... It was as if she was right there in the room with me. I was having a conversation with her. 
she was communing with me and and then it went back to sleep and then i had another amazing dream with which i remember and had to do with my parents who are both on the other side as well and there was something significant about this dream it wasn't from it wasn't it was a remembrance of being with my parents however from a past life and the experience was they were waiting for me and i finally was able to uh get in the car with them or i'm not even sure it was a car but some vehicle and my father had something to uh like a camera with him and i did too and i exclaimed to them i was sitting in the back and i exclaimed to them that there was this beautiful full moon image in front of us and then something amazing happened which is i saw another globe of light and i said oh my gosh that must be the the sun setting and the moon rising but then something even more amazing happened which is i saw three globes of light at the same time and i reached for my camera and by the time i reached for it it had, it had gone however my father was able to snap the picture of these three moons at, which i calling three moons used to me like it was moons more than the sun or something but definitely otherworldly and there was something very significant about these three let's just call it globes of light and then uh i woke up so that's what i want to share i just want to share the the gifts and the energies that are coming in on the planet right now are unlike anything we've ever experienced uh it can affect you in a very powerful way either impactfully positive or if we haven't done the work that we need to do uh and clean up our own lives then it may have its own impact on you negatively meaning it's going to be a struggle or painful or whatever so i encourage all of you to breathe in the energy stay hydrated get out in nature fill your life with gratitude open your heart experience and share the compassion and the love with everyone thank, thank you. you thank you so much vinayak very beautiful we appreciate it um very powerful and um randy do you have a really quick update because um we need to go to ramantara and then start the interview at about 5 bob yes so. it is very quick thank you for the talking stick caroline okay.
My phone's been ringing off the wall today. People are asking what the heck is going on. They're seeing things. They're feeling things. And people are calling them. And they don't know what to do. The main call I had was from a Facebook group in Britain that I am the admin from. And the three administrators, we had a conference call today because our Facebook group is back to 2017. Not 2022. It's all the posts are from 2017. So we're trying to figure out what the heck is going on because the first post is the 2022 and everything after that is 2017. Then as we keep talking, other people come on and say, well, we have the same thing. So it looks like something's happening. Facebook is scrubbing their servers of something because there's a court case against them in Texas right now against posting certain things that I will not mention. And they've lost the case. So I think they're purging it from all this stuff that's been put on on groups, all sorts of different stuff. Then I had another call with a metal gentleman. How do I talk to my family about these changes that I'm seeing all around me and all these things? And, you know, they won't listen. I say, well, you have to understand something. Do not waste your time and energy trying to wake the dead. Their souls have decided to sleep at this point in time. So focus your energy on keeping yourself awake and aware and just share your love. Eventually, they will wake up. Another thing is, there is an energy wave heading towards this planet from the sun that is absolutely the biggest thing they've ever seen. They don't know the arrival date because it's still brewing, so to speak. So last night during the Keshe public teaching, the one thing that was taught was, do you really know how to communicate with your soul? So if we're going to go out into space and communicate with all the other life forms out there, how can we expect to communicate with them if you don't understand the communication within your own soul? And the fact that the number one element that aids in that communication is carbon. What are we? We are carbon units changing into crystalline units, but we're still keeping the carbon parts with us, meaning we're keeping the physicality with us and we can go into space and travel. We need that carbon that's in the bone structures for communication. So realize, learn how to communicate with yourself. Don't rely on the clocks and all the other stuff because you throw the clocks out the window. They don't mean anything anymore. We're on universal time, which means you eat when you're hungry, you sleep when you're tired, and you listen to your body. And like everyone has said tonight, get out into nature. Because nature is absolutely awesome. One of the discussions last night was, Mr. Kesh has traveled all over the world, and he spent time in jungles all over the world. And he said the jungles of Brazil are unlike any other jungle in the world. And the discussion, to why? Because of the energy of the beings that live in the jungle, the animals, the trees, the nature spirits, 
everything. So realize that nature is awesome. So it does make a difference of where you go see nature and become a nature. But nature is all around us. And like Amina says, just call upon the spirits, call upon the fairies, call upon all those other realms because they're here to help us. Like I said to the gentleman today, we collectively have called for help. The Galactics can't do it for us. They don't have physical bodies. But what they can do is supply us with the guidance and the energy that we can fix it ourselves. I pass the talking stick. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Randy. Excellent. Um, Ram and Tara, uh, we absolutely want to hear from um, Rama's contacts, anything he's heard lately. We want to start the recorded interview at about five minutes of whatever miracles you can create in seven minutes, <laughs> getting straight down to brass tacks. We would really love to hear it. So I'll, we'll pass that talking stick to you. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Rama um, will just read. He's going to start reading um, yeah. from Last Friday. Let's just Perfect. Thank you. Okay, this is last Friday. His Holiness the Dalai Lama. On Earth Day 2020, let us remember that everybody wants to live a happy life. Not only human beings, but animals, birds, and insects too. All of us should be concerned about our collective existence. As human beings are marvelous brains provide us with remarkable opportunities to do good but if we look at how the world is today we should be able to do better we need a more holistic education an education that incorporates inner values such as the compassionate concern for other well-being Our world is heavily interdependent. New challenges like the climate crisis that affects us all, as well as our participation in the global economy, means that we must take the whole of humanity into account. We have to put the global interest first. We need to take urgent steps to reduce our resilience on fossil fuels and to adapt renewable resources of energy, such as those that rely on the wind and the power of the sun. We must pay attention to deforestation and protect the environment better. We have to plant and care for more trees. In my own life, I have witnessed decline in snowfall, first in Tibet, later in Dharmasala. Indeed, some scientists have told me that there is a risk of places like Tibet eventually becoming deserts. That is why I'm committed to speaking out for the protection of Tibet's fragile environment. Our life is based on hope a desire for things to turn out well. Hope is concerned with the future. Although nothing about the future can be guaranteed, we remain hopeful, which is much better than being pessimistic. Even as global 
uh, global warming increases in intensity, many young people in particular are working together to find and share solutions. They are our hope. Nowadays, when we face serious problems as a result of the climate crisis, we have to help each other by setting a timetable for change. As human beings living on this one planet, we must make an effort to live happily together. The threat of climate change is not limited by rational boundaries. It affects us all. We must work to protect nature and the planet, which is our only home. And this is also Friday. I received a text message from Tom the Ringtail Cat at 1220 early this afternoon. He said to me, Lord Rama, we can neither confirm nor deny that there are Ukrainian people taken to Siberian gulag labor camps. At this time, Tom alluded to the fact that this has to do with the fallen angels. Tom the cat continued, there were M-class and X-class solar flares today. This is what's causing the wild weather. It is climate disruption. We must talk to the angels, the elementals, all the beings, known and unknown, who work with the five elements, earth, air, fire, water, ether. This is what I do every single day. I go and sit on the side of the mountain and I talk with these beings and all the, the crows, the ravens, the deer, they all come out. The dark side is pushing right to the edge. Our choice is to send more love and have compassion for souls who have forgotten who they are. Satnam Namaste, Blaze of Fire. This is Saturday. I received a text message from Mr. X at 1221 p.m. early this afternoon. He said to me, Lord Rama, I have been on the third planet circling the Alpha Centauri sun, which is 4.1 light years from Earth. You can get there in four hours Earth time at warp six or seven. I have been meeting with galactic ambassadors who have been traveling between Alpha Centauri system and Earth. This is all about full disclosure and first contact. There are many situations going on, Mother Gaia, about trying to keep the old timeline going. It is over. All the galactic forces are here. Call them in. Sana Kumara is amongst us. The galactic forces are here. I will be seeing you soon. Satnam Namaste. Place the violet fire. And this is Monday, the Dalai Lama. You must continually consider the oneness of humanity, remembering that we all want to be happy, and indeed, everyone has a right to a happy life. We face many problems, but we must not lose hope. 
We must keep up our determination without being impatient to achieve quick results. And this is Monday. I was listening to Pirate Cat Radio on from Santa Cruz, California today. It was 1125, and Chris Hedges and Dr. Cornell West were discussing Ukraine. They were saying, as Mr. Cash has said to us months ago, that Ukraine has always been part of Mother Russia. Dr. Cornell West said, Joe Biden is tied in with the deep state, and Ukraine is all about deep state hegemony. The United States is broke, and they need a war. I heard this today on BBC News uh, a couple times on the radio. The United States is broke, and they want to seize the assets of the Russian oligarchs and then turn that money around and send more weapons to Ukraine. What is insane about this picture? I heard that they seized... $38 $38 billion from those oligarchs tonight. I don't yeah. think they need $38 billion to send to Ukraine. Where's the rest of that money going? Dr. This West is... went on. Putin is not the enemy. The real story is the media is lying. It is time we listen to His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, <laughs> who has said, stop the war. We need to forgive each other and dialogue. War is never the answer. Later, between 2 and 2.30 this afternoon, I received a text message from Lady Nada. She said to me, Lord Rama, go and look at the geometric symbols in the book, The Master Symbols of the Solar Cross by Tuella. And these symbols are coming in right now with the solar cosmic particles that are coming in from the sun. You can see them. I see them every day. And this is Tuesday. Uh, I called Leonora today at 11.30 p.m. a.m. this morning. I asked her, Lady Leonora, what is going on with the world situation? She said to me, Lord Rama, there are many things going on and they are all good. The solar flares are only increasing. We are at the end of the old timeline. The Anunnaki and the Nephilim are being exposed. This moment is about sending more love than we ever thought possible. There are so many galactic forces here in our skies. Whatever the news is saying, the galactic forces have the situation in their divine hands. We are in the most auspicious time ever. This eclipse could be the feather of Mott that changes everything. I will be seeing you soon. Namaste. Praise the Bible. Bye. And this is... When did, you, did you read Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday? Okay, hurry, hurry, hurry. Two more days. Okay. Uh, I received a call from Tom the Ring, Tell Cat, and Sweet Angelique Cat at 11.50 a.m. this morning. 
they said to me, Lord Rama, we are at Stonehenge again for sunrise. The sky is blood red from the fires going on around the planet. This is called climate disruption, and it's happening at an exponential rate. It is about the sun transfiguring. As we can sit down and meditate and talk to the five elements, things can change very fast. It is all about our thought forms. This is imperative that we change our thought forms to align with the higher consciousness in order to change our world. We are connected symbiotically with Mother Gaia as we talk to all of life Life speaks to us. They said this, that the most important thing at this moment in this simple, is this simple prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is such hatred, not me so love. Satnam, namaste, praise the fire. fire. I pass the talking stick back to you, Caroline. Wow, that's one of my most favorite news updates I've heard you give, Rama. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the energy of it. That is just too wonderful. Thank um, you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you for being the receiver of that and, the, uh, and also passing it on to all of us. And we're very thankful for, um, for your role and, and Tara's role and what the two of you offer us. So um, if... Don is ready. We will roll our pre-recorded interview with this wonderful, astounding woman, Marl Ford Clark. I was very honored to speak with her, and I hope you enjoy it. And maybe we'll have a few minutes afterwards for a little bit of discussion at any rate. So, Don, whenever you're ready, that's wonderful. Thank you. Well, we're very pleased to have a wonderful author and spiritual teacher with us today, Mariel Ford Clark. Mariel qualified as a serologist in veterinary science many years ago and assumed that that was her career for life. But all that changed in 1992 when she was faced with her own mortality. She survived a near-death experience and changed the direction of her life towards a more holistic and spiritual pathway. So Mariel is certified in many healing modalities, from hypnotherapy, Reiki, crystal healing, shamanism, integrated energy healing, light body healing, and mediumship, and she is an angel and ascension teacher and spiritual counselor. Mariel runs a private practice where she lives in Galway, Ireland. Marl has dedicated her life to exploring the mystery of life and death. She has studied many cultures where the afterlife is considered our true home. And from various research gleaned, she now understands a belief in an afterlife determines and impacts upon how one grieves. Anecdotal evidence from many of her workshops has showed a prevailing common theme that participants who believe in an afterlife manage their grieving process in a healthier and more integrative way. For others, the afterlife, no concern. Death is just the cessation of all life and communication. Mario runs frequent workshops, including Journey of the Soul, Life After Physical Death, Coping with Loss, 
and healing through the grieving process. And she also offers other workshops, which I think also sound fascinating, Spirituality in the Workplace, Angels and Spiritual Awakening, Ascension, Finding Your Way Back to Source, The Way, The Chalice of Light, and The Secret Teachings of Mary Magdalene. So we'll be speaking with Mariel today about the soul, really, the journey of the soul, particularly as it crosses over from the physical, uh, our spirits and our consciousness leave the physical and go home, as she calls it. And I do as well, many do. And we'll speaking about her book, Where After, Where Do Our Loved Ones Go After They Die. So welcome, Mariel. Very happy to have Thank you. you here. Thank you so much, Caroline. And Blessings and greetings from the western shores of Ireland. It's so lovely to be here. It's a very beautiful part of the world you live in. Galway is one of my most favorite Irish cities. I haven't lived in the south. I've lived in the north in Belfast, but I visited Galway once and it's unforgettably beautiful and very charming. But we're just glad you're here today to talk about the path of the, the soul journeys. I feel maybe there's a part of our soul that remains in the soul planes and some of it comes into the body, but we can talk about that in a bit. But let's let's just go back to basics for a moment. In fact, let's discuss what you feel the soul is because it is such a powerful presence since we were speaking a moment ago about how you feel it's the most powerful part of us. And I agree. Tell us what you feel the soul is. And I know you've done a lot of research as well. I suppose the... The soul to me is the most divine and immortal part of us. The soul is the essence of who we truly are. It is not the body that defines us. It is our soul. And some people will will probably struggle a little to understand that we are multidimensional beings and we're living in a multidimensional universe and that we are spirit beings coming on earth, occupying a human vehicle. And it is so important to realize without the soul within this body, we would be very much empty vessels. It would be like, say, for instance, Caroline, you put, take the engine out of your car. Your car is going nowhere. So if you take the soul out of us, the vehicle, the soul transitions, but the body is gone. So the soul is, the soul has been uh, much debated for thousands and thousands of years, even going back to Plato and Aristotle and uh, Socrates and in later years, uh, Swedenborg and Descartes. They all recognized that the soul, the soul was beyond the body. They realized that there was a supreme consciousness and they defined this consciousness as soul essence. They defined it as the most divine and intelligent part of the human psychic. Mm. So for all of those wonderful philosophers and scientists to agree on that is a major, major powerful thing. And for me, the soul, I've been very blessed working with um, soul retrieval as a shaman. I've been very blessed with seeing the soul with people that have suffered traumas that have come to my healing room. And the soul for, for me is you... You need to heal the fragment of the soul. When the soul fragments, and the reason the soul can fragment, it can fragment through trauma. It can fragment through abuse, sexual, emotional, physical abuse, it can, through addictions, through um, 
even surgical procedures can impregnate the soul, can sometimes damage the soul somewhat. And that is why sometimes when people are going for surgery, I will always say to my clients, I say, tell me when you're actually going to theatre and we will send the angels with you, even if they don't believe in them, because I do and that's what matters. And we will see you in the violet light of our cases at St. Germain and we will hold that space in sacredness and we will send a light through that operating theatre and send that light above, below, north, south, east and west and that that person is held safe during their surgery Mm -hmm. and that the hands of the surgeons and all that are in attendance is blessed with Christ's light so that the soul remains uncontaminated, untouched. So there is so many different aspects to the soul. Like we have soul mates, we have soul retrieval, soul fragmentation, we have soul trauma. There are so many different aspects to the soul that I suppose I will wait for you, Caroline, to ask me about different aspects of the soul. But one of the most important things is the first time for me when I actually saw soul when I was in my healing room and this beautiful young man came in in through my doors and all I could see was this like a transparent photocopy of him looming outside his body and it was like the soul had exited the body and it was flipping in and out so during our session and these sessions sometimes last three hours especially for soul retrieval the first time and his soul did not want to re-enter the body. And as I worked with his angels and guides and my own guides, and after seeking permission from his soul that may I do work with his soul and find out, seek out what was the problem and to discover that he had been molested by his granddad when he was seven years of age. And during the traumatic experience, his soul left his body that time and remained lurking, looming in his energy field on for all those years until he finally came to me in desperation. He was suicidal. He had been to psychiatry treatment. He had been to counseling. He had taken massive amounts of medication to help him sleep. And through an, a few sessions of healing, we were able to, he was able to reclaim his soul back and to, there was a certain process I was guided to do with him where all his ancestors and his spirit guides and his angels were able to hold him in sacred space. And I got him to stand and repeat whatever was being imparted to me through his angels and guides to retrieve back his soul and to release all the trauma and pain from his past, release it, let it go, so that he could reclaim back his true self. Oh. And that's what actually happened. So, you know? so powerful, so beautiful that you were able to do that for him. And you described that uh, episode, that whole event in, in your book, Whereafter, which is an astounding collection of mm. your experiences and um, the you've got actual physical testimony, eyewitness testimony from your own experiences of what you have seen yeah. in people's spirits and how they will leave the body, uh, start to float up above 
uh, before the moment of transition, which we'll also talk about. But that that story, I am myself a sexual abuse survivor and was talking mm-hmm. with, had a session with a powerful shaman, Bonnie Saratori, yeah. and she looked at, at my energies. She said, you're not in your body, sweetie. <laughs> and yeah. I said, I know yeah. it. I'm aware. And she, she put yeah. me, you know, my spirit back into the body, which was so, so beautiful and so powerful. Powerful. I noticed colors were brighter, uh, textures, yeah. color, everything got clearer. And I know she had said that people's eyesight will improve after I put them back in their body. And it sounds like this is what you did. You moved his consciousness, his inner self. Um, yes. Back and and you see, Caroline, it is so important for me as, as, as a channel for this healing. You know, some, you know, some people come back and say, God, your grace and your know, fair play to you. That's the saying in Ireland, fair yes. play to you. Yes. <laughs> but I said, no, I, I am happy for you, but I cannot take credit for it. I am the channel. Yes. I am just given the guidance. I am given the direction of what to do. I pass on the energy. It doesn't come from me. It comes from the higher power. And I think that is so important for us as healers and as channels of healing. That we don't take credit for the work that is actually divinely guided to us by spirit. Yes, yes, yeah. It's so true. And, and yet you're a very conscious, willing channel. I think some people have that ability, but they fend it off. I've seen this, unfortunately. Um, they fend it off because it kind of scares them or they feel like they would be drawing too much attention to themselves and people would be saying, oh, you've got this astounding gift. But in yeah. fact, all they have to say is, you know what? I'm just a channel. I'm a conduit. Anybody can yes. do it. You can do it as well. And I say this a lot to yeah. other people as far as being a channeler goes. You can do this as well. Yeah. And I encourage them to channel their higher self. Now, do you believe in the higher self or do you see it purely as just the soul? Oh, no, I believe we, and like you spoke there earlier, I believe part of our soul comes on earth and there is another part of us and many parts of us that resides on the different levels yes. in the universe and on different systems within different systems and galaxies. Right. And I know, you know, I'm sure you've heard of the monad and how that monad, how it subdivides and, you know, that the highest aspect of us, as I, I have been shown by my angels and guides and, um, that the higher aspect of me and of all of us it's like there is a twin image of us on the other side. And that twin image keeps us connected to our source energy, to the God source, to the God's, the infinite pool of wisdom and of healing and of light and of supreme consciousness, supreme intelligence. And we are connected nearly like an umbilical cord. And when we tap into that higher consciousness, the higher self, that is where we become enlightened and awakened. And that's where we draw on the resources, the ancient historic wisdoms. That's already deeply ingrained in us. But we, unfortunately, when we came on earth, we went through this veil of forgetfulness and we lost sight of the gifts that we once had, yes. that we once used. Right? Would you agree with me there, Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yes. And then we take on a false humility or a sense of smallness. And unfortunately, religion weaves that into our consciousness at times um, pretty effectively, yeah. which is, you know, that's not for you to do. That's all, all powers with God and you better fear God sort of a thing, which is not at all, not what Yeshua came to this earth for, not what no. all the great teachers will t- teach. Uh, um, yeah. And it's amazing, Caroline, that you speak about religion because 
being being brought up in Ireland and and being brought up in a Catholic um, environment and went to school in in a Catholic um, to nuns. And I was really, really ridiculed by nuns because I would challenge them by a loving God, a loving presence. I would challenge them that when they would be speaking of hell's fire and damnation, uh, I would I would say, no, no, that's not the God I know. The God I know is loving. He loves me no matter what. And so, as I said earlier, I'd be put behind the blackboard with a dunce's hat in my yes, head yes. for the remainder of the day. But in saying that, I see the damage that uh, religion, and I have great respect for all religions because I have studied them, because I have, I have, I studied them uh, some years ago because I am also um, a one spirit interfaith minister where I do weddings and funerals and healing ceremonies and, you know, whatever is asked of me. And I see the damage that religion, in particular in Ireland, what it has done and how it has what I have seen at the end of life, Caroline, the pain, the anguish, the fear yes. that older people are suffering when they're dying because they're terrified that there is this place called hell and that they are going to burn there because of some small little thing, maybe thing. like a lie or mm-hmm. no. So yes. I have seen that damage and to try and when, when I'm sitting with the dying, and when I see the fear and the paralysis in their bodies, and it's not that they're afraid to die, it's afraid that they are going to a place called hell. Yes. yes. And it's so important that we try and alleviate that now through our, our work and that, you know, to explain to them that you're going, you're not going to be judged when you cross over. Yes. You are, you, there's a loving God. Your life review will be presented to you. You will see maybe that, well, I shouldn't have set the house on fire, but it was an accident. Or maybe I shouldn't have driven the car and, and caused an accident. Or, you know, maybe I shouldn't have, um, you know, spitted bad things out of my mouth about people or told lies and that destroyed families, you know. So that's our life review when we go across to the other side and to try and explain to people you know, that when they're dying, that God is there, your angels are there, you're, and I have seen the most incredible phenomena, Caroline, at the bedside of the dying. It is such a privilege and a humbling experience to be a witness to what actually happens well, when they finally surrender. We'll have to ask, I'll ask that in a moment, if you don't mind talking about your mother's transition, for instance. But let me just ask quickly, you point out that the soul decides what's best for us to experience in our next incarnation. And I'm wondering what your insights are. How does it decide what will be best for us? Okay, what my understanding from my guides is that with each incarnation, our soul is perpetually evolving we are growing more towards spiritual beingness rather than material greatness and it is the amount when we cross over it's the amount of virtue and grace and goodness and kindness but most of all love that we have shown and it is that love that is our passport to the higher realms in our spiritual soul evolution. Love is the key. Even Einstein spoke about love 
instead of his theory uh, of evolution, which he said that E was equal to MC squared, he said if we multiplied love by the speed of light squared, we would end up with the most powerful, powerful energy on the planet. And this yes. comes from Einstein. Yes. You know? Yeah. So it's love. It's how we love one another, how the the lovely acts of kindness we do. But I think we are, because we have become so materialistic in our world, It's and, and when we cross over, we're not going to be judged. We're never judged. It's ourselves that judge ourselves on where we could have improved, where we fell short. And it's not going to be about the money we have in our bank accounts. It's not going to be about the number of holidays we've had or the the cruises we've had or the houses we've possessed. It's about the kind acts that we did that helped another feel better. It's about the good deeds that we went out of our way to show somebody that we cared. It's the good acts that we've done to strangers that we will never, ever meet again. But that's earning grace. But bad deeds then earn karma. And that's yeah. karma is a bitch. It comes back and <laughs> bites you on the ass. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, and you, yeah. you were in Mount Shasta, California, I think, for a retreat there yes. on soul growth. And the teacher had a young woman come up who had ongoing pain in her back and her neck. Oh, yes. And tell yes. us, what did he realize about her past life? Oh, my goodness. You know, Moss Caroline, that was an amazing journey. And like that, and, and you, you have written about abundance. And I really, really needed to go on this, on this journey. And this, uh, he was a medical doctor, Chinese doctor, but a Western medical doctor trained. Yes. And, but he was a Qigong master. He was, he was a divine channel. He had started being divinely downloaded all these beautiful chapters about healing the soul first and everything else, the mind and body will heal afterwards. And he has, he had an amazing book called Mind, Body and Soul Medicine. And I was in the audience and this, this lady was uh, finally, he was asking people to come from the audience and this who had serious problems. Yeah. And this lady, and I had a huge back problem at that time as well. I will, if we have time, tell you about that. But he had, he took this lady, beautiful 20, in her mid-20s, beautiful soul, looked beautiful, but was suicidal because of the constant pain she was living. Yeah. She couldn't sleep. She couldn't eat. She couldn't stand. They, she recently had had an operation from the nape of her neck down to the very base of her spine yeah. where there was a cage put in internally so that she wouldn't fall over. So when mesh. she came up onto the stage, yeah. a mesh cage, yes, yes inside yes. her body, yeah. it was months and months of surgery apparently. Oh. But... When he was a, he was able to see that this was karma coming back to bite her on the ass yes. and bless her. And we all have, we all can create karma, but we can dissolve it as well. That's important to note. We, we can by good deeds dissolve it. But she, it looks like, and he, when he uh, looked into her Akashic records and he was with her soul's permission, he was able to see that in a previous lifetime, she was male, she was an executioner, but a very, very cruel executioner who used to take delight with people being executed and hanging by the neck. And even that the executions, if they weren't carried out properly, 
she would love to see them wriggle and squirm and, and just die yep. mercilessly. She had no mercy, no nothing. So here we are all these years later where she has agreed to come back to redress the wrongs that she did in that lifetime. And that's about the soul evolution that we discussed earlier. You come back and you try and complete or master what you did not master in the previous lifetime. Mm -hmm. And she was a cruel executioner. So she was coming back to address the, I suppose, the the wrongness and and the cruelty of her ways in that lifetime. Mm -hmm. So... She, it was just an incredible phenomenon to witness. And he was able to release the old souls that was stuck onto her back because mm-hmm. I always believed that we had, we had this beautiful oversoul, which was overlit and held by the divine. Yes. And that then that there was the soul that came in with us the from the heavenly realm when we're born. But he also taught us that there is little like soul essence, souls in the palms of our hands, on the soles of our feet. There's a soul in every organ in our bodies. There is a soul in every gland. There is a soul in every every little uh, DNA, every little blood vessel. So, and it's strange. I was, okay, this is something new. So I had to really, I struggled with it. And um, it's only all these years later that when, say, I was very prone as well, Caroline, to kidney infections. And we all know kidneys are fear, mm-hmm. but we are theory, and it's fight or flight. So because of my past and because of the traumas that I experienced for many, many years, my kidneys every now and then will take off. So I said, I will prove this now rather than going to a doctor. And I started talking to the souls of my kidneys, And I bless them for the great work that they have been doing. I bless them for filtering all the toxics and impurities out of my body. And I would put my two hands on my back and I say, you're doing a great job. I bless you. I honor you. Continue to do a great job. And honestly, Caroline, anytime I know there is an onset of a kidney problem, I will ask what's going on first. What am I fearing? What am I trying to hold on to? And I do my little mantras. I do it so many times a day, and I never have to go near a doctor. Oh, wonderful. It's incredible. Yeah. Same way with our heart and with our lungs. There is a soul in the heart. Well, we all know there is a cosmic heart the residing towards the back chamber, but in our lungs. So, and if you have two, like your two hands, you it's important to do bless both hands, both organs, both lungs, both, rather than bless one, both legs, both, you know. So to keep the balance and to yes. keep it in the divine realignment. Absolutely right. I'm waffling on now. But it was incredible. That <laughs> girl walked off the stage and she you could see the radiance in her face yeah. because there was an image. You know how they, you know, put up all these big images off here on the on on big screens. Yes. The girl that walked up and the girl that came down. Yes. They were like two different two different people. people. Well, it's so fascinating. You know, you've really, you've been an eyewitness to so much transformation. And I wanted to ask about your mother's transitioning. She was cared for at home until she left this earth. You had a lot of siblings. She had, I guess, seven children. Yes. And um, stopped there. That's another whole story. Uh, She's very brave (laughs) to stand up to the church and refuse to have any more children and took the pill, which a a priest put out on her forehead. 
more publicly, but bless her, very brave woman. Yes. Um, but the nurse, uh, palliative nurse, called all of you in. She said, "There's been a change. All of you came in, and you saw That's something right. remarkable that your sister standing beside you did not see. Can you tell us what you saw in your mother?" And the ironic thing about it is, you see, um, my my siblings, all my siblings, Caroline, think I'm a wave of the fairies, that I'm off and crazy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. They do. And, and, and my siblings think that about me. <laughs> Sorry? My siblings think the same about me, oh, so no worries. isn't it amazing? Our, <laughs> our siblings, are our families are the ones that really, really try to pull us down. <laughs> yeah, I love them I dearly, know. but yeah. you know what? It, it, it's it's like oh don't mind her she's 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 crazy she's a bit mad, don't mind yes. her <laughs> she's away with the parents yeah. you know yes and and you know if somebody if somebody comes and and would like recently somebody came to my brother and met him out at big some big function and uh, they said oh my god your sister I was with her and I had an amazing experience and healing what she says what Maria and he said yes oh Jesus he says we just don't mind that one. Imagine after him. Imagine after me having this wonderful experience and and and, and healing tapped into something. Of course, yes. the angels always guide us. What's yes. going on? You know. And, and my brother blows the whole thing out of the water yes. like a torpedo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bless him. Bless him. I still love him, though, but I, I could, you know. Yes. <laughs> but my mom's experience, a blesser, and I've had so many of them, Caroline. I, I, but for my mom, it was like she was terrified of dying. And that comes back to what we were talking to about earlier, the, the fear of dying because of the Catholic Church. Yeah. And and because and she was such a good woman, like yes. an incredible woman, raised seven of us, had eight, one had passed away. Mm. And, you know, they didn't have money then, but they were so good. And then that time as well, Caroline, in Ireland, you you couldn't go to mass um without having been fasting from midnight the night before. So they cycled a, a mile or two or three to church the next morning with nothing in their stomachs yes. because oh. they weren't allowed to eat. It was oh. madness. Oh. I mean, who makes these rules? Yeah. There weren't God-made rules. There yeah. were church-made rules, yeah. right? But my mother, you know, as you said there, she was very brave, but she wasn't brave in her dying. And uh, three years before she passed, I said, Mama, I said, is there anything you would like me to do for you? I said, is there anything you might like to know about when your time comes to leave this world? Yeah. No, don't talk to me about that. I, that. Don't talk to me about that. She said, I don't want to know. Right. Mm-hmm. And the fear. But I don't want to go to the hospital. And I don't want any. I don't want that. So it was all what she didn't want. And then with her Alzheimer's, she got more, I suppose, placid. I was very lucky with her in that sense. She got more placid. And, but I was able to, and when she was stopped speaking, I was able to communicate through her soul. And I was the only one that was there. I knew exactly what she was looking for, you know. But then I would sit and I would look into her eyes. And should, the eyes are the windows to the soul. So I knew exactly what she wanted. But it did put extra pressure on me because I was the one that was always called to be there night, noon, and morning. But that's okay. That was another part of my soul lessons where I learned great patience with my mother. It's the art of patience. I learned the art of forgiveness with my ex-husband. You know, so these are great tributes that I can, soul lessons that I was able to master in this lifetime. But my mom was so afraid to die. But the palliative care nurse, she called us that morning because... 
we had gone to, I had gone to bed at two o'clock and I just knew, you know, that there wasn't, I, they couldn't understand why she wasn't leaving the airplane, Caroline. They had, they had the morphine pump on her and they had four or five different concoctions in that pump and nothing. She was still with us. She was going nowhere. And, um, but the, but the, that day, you know, before that morning that we came back in to the room, I, I walked in and there, her soul had risen. It was right over her body and this amazing light was all around her bed. Oh my God. Like a golden and mist is how you golden describe light. it. Yeah. Your golden light, Caroline, around her. And I said to my sister, I said, can you see it? She said, see what? And I couldn't go explain it because they were all ready to say their goodbyes. But I knew this while the soul was out of her body, I knew she wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't disengaged. It was still connected with, with the silver cord, which I just minutely saw, minutely, not like my friend Yvette, that I actually fully saw it and witnessed it. But for my mother, I asked uh, later on in the evening, I said, and then again, like that, Caroline, I had my younger sister lying on top of my mother, cuddling her in at the back and saying, Mama, you can't leave us yet. Oh. Mama, yeah, Mama, you can't leave us yet. Please, what can we do with her? And I kept saying to her, I had to take her away from the room. And I said, you're holding her soul back. Mm-hmm. Because I was trying to explain, it takes energy to leave this earth. Yes. It takes yes. energy. And if you have somebody holding you back and saying, don't leave me, don't leave me. Well, then it's compromising the soul's exit. Yes. So I, I took her out, out into the hall and I said, Angie, you can't do that. You have to say we're going to be okay and it's okay. Yes. So um, that that evening I had done the journey with her because I tapped in with her soul and she was terrified. <clears throat> terrified, Caroline. And she felt that she couldn't go and that she was afraid of what was going to be placed before her because of the indoctrinations. Yes. And I was guided to do a meditation with her. And uh, the, the room was clear and I just was me and her, her, her angels and guides, and my, my soul and hers, and took her on the journey. And I asked Mother Mary, could they place a bridge before her? Because my mother was afraid of the dark. She always slept with a light on, always. And I said to God, my mother ain't going through no tunnel, darling. You need to do something different. <laughs> Give right. her a different exit. Yes. Seriously. Yes. And, yes. and doesn't it make sense? You know? So they placed this beautiful bridge of light before us. And I did the meditation with her and I guided her. And on the middle of the bridge, there was beautiful Mother Mary. And my mother had a huge devotion to Mother Mary, as I have, mm-hmm. because I had a huge experience with her at 15, my first spiritual experience at 15. And my mother looked at me and I said, now, Mama, you take her hand and go with her. And then when I was saying that to Caroline, there at the end of the bridge with this beautiful golden globes of light, to the left-hand side of the bridge was my father and to the right-hand side was her baby son, my baby brother, Joseph. And there, and I said, look, Mama, who's waiting for you? And I put spiritually put her hand in Mother Mary's and I said it's okay to go now and she she walked a few paces she looked back and I said I love you it's okay you need to go now and she and with that all the vision just shut down and within three hours she 
she was her breathing, as we all know, when somebody is getting near to that end. But she didn't she spring up in the bed, Caroline, mm-hmm. and smiled and fixated to something over the door mm-hmm. and her hands reached out and she lay back in bed and exhaled her final breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just an incredible experience yeah. as well. And I've had lovely experiences, so many of them, Caroline, I'd, be, I'd keep you all nice. <laughs> well, my question is, do you feel that you this is your job in the etheric in the spiritual realms that mm-hmm. say I, I talk to a lot of people who have absolutely astounding jobs <laughs> earth missions and yes. higher levels forms of serving humanity or the earth and maybe this is something you do maybe you're an ambassador between dimensions and this is something you do you guide souls who are fearful about moving on because yeah. this is a lot of people yeah. and they try to stick around yeah. on the earth and sometimes they inhabit but someone else's body or they just want yes. you know, because they're terrified to move on. This is it. And they don't realize that they have made that transition to the other side. Yes. And, and that's why it is so important. And I suppose as well, sometimes it's important for us to understand that when there is a sudden death or an accident, um, a violent death, a yes. murder, a suicide, you know, People would often, especially in Ireland, and bless every anybody that has lost anybody through suicide, it is so reassuring that I'm able to say to them, this is straight from the divine, that every soul who transitions through suicide is greeted by their loved ones who have already passed, and they are escorted to the other side. And what happens with those souls is those beautiful souls that leave this earth plane because of whatever reason, and they have also, my guides have also reassured me, Caroline, that no soul that ends their life through suicide is ever judged. Mm-hmm. Is It's not, it can be a, a whole host of conditions that made this happen. Yes. Could be conditioning, it could be financial, it could be uh, psychological, it could be trauma, it could be sexuality, it could be uh, so many different things. But they are met by loved ones. Nobody makes that journey out from this earth plane into the heavenly realm on their own. Yeah. All our loved ones are always there to meet and greet us. But when it is somebody that has had a sudden death or like a, a suicide or a murder or something like that, and bless anyone who has lost a loved one through any of those circumstances, that they are met and they are brought and what they are, what is done with them, they have shown me they are actually cocooned. They're held in this lovely sacred chamber where they are imbued with healing, love, restoration, and light. And when enough healing has been imbued into their soul, then they are gradually awakened to the reality of their death, to realize that they have died. And then they go through the life review they must present to them. And then they are given their spiritual guides to guide them that if they choose to come on there again after they have been rehabilitated and reorientated and, you know, the lessons that they they didn't master in this lifetime that made them in, exist, well, then they're going to be empowered, made stronger, so that when they are presented with similar circumstances in their next incarnation, 
we're going to be stronger yes. to manage it and master it. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, I've heard this as well, that they're wrapped up, they're kind of cocooned, and then here's yes. the trauma. Otherwise, um, it would be a, this very strange sort of uh, distorted, um, not quite present sort of experience for them, I think, coming back into the etheric. And yes. it's a very beautiful thing that they're wrapped up and, and kept it, warm. And because the reality of their, because when it is so sudden, they're not ready. There's yes. a lot to be said yes. for, for people that are preparing for that, even yes. though you can never fully prepare. You know, <laughs> no, you can never fully prepare. <laughs> no. And it, I suppose for me, I am very blessed that I I have been on the other side. I have seen the heavens. I have been there through my near-death experience. Yes. But now through out-of-body experiences, which we all experience at night, our soul travels out into the, uh, the, the heavenly realms. Yes. Our soul actually, you know, gets more wisdom than advice from our spirit guides. Because when we sleep, our, our soul leaves the body. Every single one of us has um, our soul leaves our body at night, even children. But people don't say, no, no. But sure, when we dream, we dream and or we can go to bed troubled and we can ask God or the angels to give me inspiration. What am I supposed to do next? Will I stay in this job? Will I stay in this relationship? Will I, you know, will I what? But it is like our soul leaves the body because it gets bored. It can get quite bored sitting within in a body that's asleep, sleeping. So it travels out like that yeah. with the silver cord. It's the silver cord that keeps that lifeline. It's a lifeline. The silver cord is the lifeline. It's the extension that keeps us connected to the physical body. And that is why we can travel into limitless spaces and places where we receive wisdoms and guidance. Yes. We can have schooling even on the other side, which I'm sure you've had more than myself. We end up in these halls of wisdoms, of learnings, and we're, oh, right, we come back full of the beans and bounce. <laughs> but what I have noticed has been happening too, Caroline, is when I am coming back, into, or when my soul is coming back into my body, there's a lot of kind of jerking because it's coming back very, very suddenly, it's kind of like, and I realize they have told me this is what they call catalepsy in the last while, where the soul is kind of, I'm just about to wake, and my soul is kind of just cutting it very fine to re-enter before I wake. So, and that's called, but it's very, very common. But it's the silver cord that keeps us connected. It's like the umbilical cord for the baby. The umbilical cord in the mother's womb yes. nourishes the, the baby and that's its lifeline. Yes. Our silver cord is the lifeline that keeps us connected, gives us the life force that sustains us here in the physical world. Absolutely. And that is why when the silver cord finally does snap or break a physical death, that is where we have the point of no return. Yes, yes. Then we move on. Well, you then had, we move on. You had an amazing experience yourself. You were on the operating table because you had cancer. You were being operated on and started to bleed out. I think it was, mm. and um, yes. they didn't think you were going to make it. Now, tell us what you experienced in that moment because you actually did die for a bit. Oh, I did die. And, and it's amazing, Caroline, I was talking, I was on a panel there before Christmas with the famous, beautiful, renowned Dr. Peter Fenwick, who has done decades of research 
into near-death experiences. And uh, before I talk about mine, and I said to him, Peter, I said, uh, may I ask you, I said, why do you call it a near-death experience? I said, I was dead. <laughs> I said, I was pronounced yes. dead. Like, yes. uh, like everybody is. We're dead. Yeah. No, the heart has stopped. All brain activity has ceased. No pulse, no nothing. I said, we're, we're dead. I was dead. Why do you call him here dead? And with the most beautiful, gentle way, he said, well, Maria, he said, with all the advancements now, in, he said, in the last hundred years, he said, medical advancement has taken over and we are able to bring back to life much more people now than ever before. You know, so I was, I suppose I was one of those statistics but um, yes, I had been uh, diagnosed with uh, very advanced cervical cancer mm-hmm. and my day of surgery came and uh, I was wheeled into the theater and during the, the operation of the operation, because uh, there was, it was extensive, so there was an awful lot of surgery that had to be done apparently. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm out of my body. Excuse me while I take a little drink. I'm getting excited now, you see. <laughs> I was out of my body. And there I am, looking down and at myself. And I said, God, that one looks like me. That one looks like me. Yes. And all this bus, and there was crash carts uh, being wheeled over. There was, uh, they were trying to resuscitate me. And I just was in this lovely, peaceful state. Oh. And I just remember just looking at myself and then being brought, catapulted into this beautiful, beautiful whirlpool of light, like rainbow colors. It was, and it was like a pool, and it was like a vortex, and I was being pulled and sucked further, further into it. And I had no pain. I had no fear. I had no anxiety. I was held as I now know was a God consciousness. And then I heard the most incredible heavenly music. The music that I have since tried to find through Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, all the different genres, never, ever heard this heavenly music since. I look forward to hearing it again in time, when my time comes again. But it was beautiful. And then I was being pulled further into this. It was like a nucleus. And because I have a science background, I can describe it as a nucleus. It was like the cell, the God cell. I was being pulled into that. And then I saw this hand coming out, out from this mist of light, a big hand. And it was like the stop sign. Hmm. No, hmm. go no further. Okay. And the next thing I knew, I was being pulled with a shunt back into my body. And I hear them saying, she's back. We've got her back. Hmm. A few days later, my surgeon said to me, he said, you know, he said, you were actually dead. But he said, you're one lucky lady. He said that we got you back. And I said, and do you know what I said to him then? Why didn't you leave me where I was? (laughs) I did. But I've heard that. I've heard of people saying that. Yeah. They'll cry. I did, but... Yeah, seriously, Carl. And you see, that time my life, it was very traumatic. I had a very... Bless my ex-husband for all the <laughs> lessons that I have learned through him. And mm-hmm. um, I was in a very turbulent marriage. Mm-hmm. And like that in Ireland, we had no divorce. We were just having um, separation. 
and they all treat you, you made your bed, you lie in it, you know. So I just, I, for the first time, I had this peace. I had this tranquility. I, I knew I had God in me and around me. It was, I was part of something wonderful and it was part of me. And so much so, three months later, Caroline, I, because, because of the friction within our relationship and within our marriage, I, I decided to end it all. And that is when I went, I was going out the door and my father's face, and he was a year past at that stage, came onto the door, the same hand telling me to keep me powder dry. And there is three hours of my life, Caroline, that I cannot remember. Because when I thought out, when I reality struck my body, I realized, oh my God, I was going to end it all. It never occurred to me I had three little babies down in their beds three children who needed their mother. Yes. So I've asked my spirit guides, what, why can't I remember those three hours? Because I, I was, this was happening around two o'clock in the morning. And when I, when I defrosted and I found myself sitting on in the sitting room on a couch and I shaken and I, my teeth chattering and I froze them to the core. And I re, that's the realization that I, that I was about to end it. It was dreadful. It was the biggest shock of my life. But that was the dark night of my soul. Yes. And that, that was horrendous. Yes. And it was the, my biggest lesson, and my biggest soul lesson. And my father intervened and stopped me. Wow. And which is wonderful. And I bless him every night and every day. The end. But then it wasn't my time either. When the soul, when it is your time, nothing. I mean, my father, if it was my time to go that time, Caroline, um, my father would not have uh, intervened, mm-hmm. right? And it is like I, I often have clients and they'd be saying, well, um, they, they'd come because they have tried to end their life. And one of, one man more recently, he had the shotgun, a double barrel shotgun, mm-hmm. and he had it loaded. And he was, uh, he was in the barn and he was about to shoot himself uh, onto a bale of straw. And uh, a bird flew in into the barn and distracted him. And then he realized, oh, my God, mm. what? I, I don't need to do this, yeah. you know. So his healing journey started there. So if it's not meant, if it's not our time, mm. something will happen that will prevent us from ending it or from taking our own lives. And, and that is the soul decides. The soul decides it's coming and it's going, mm. you know. And the same goes, I suppose, too, Caroline, for, you know, sometimes when uh, people are, expecting their babies and sometimes their due date is but what they don't realize the soul has its own due date for for entry into the world yes and as to it has its exit date you know and it is um yeah so with my father it was it was i had intended to end my life and uh he he intervened thankfully and um the that following morning i went to a solicitor and started the initiation of separation we didn't have divorce then and my my whole world changed my whole life and I became so empowered I started tuning into my gifts that I had that I had completely dishonored and disowned for years and years and I started tapping back into the power within me my soul my sacred self and I started the journey towards healing and then the biggest journey of all was forgiveness 
And that's when my whole, when I finally let go and forgave the, my ex, bless him. And then I had to forgive myself because I had to look at myself and say, well, I'm not perfect. You know, I have faults and flaws. Yes, I wasn't the abuser, but at the same time, you know, I had to look at where I failed. And that, and I was, oh, no, 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 I, I'm perfect. No, I, I didn't do anything wrong, you know. So it, it was a huge journey towards self-healing and self-love, self-care, because I had a habit of sabotaging myself that I was unworthy, I didn't deserve. And, you know, that is the old program as well, coming from my Irish background, you know, that you have to earn everything. Everything has to be earned. Oh, yes. And it, yes, yes. I had the same myself, yes. Yeah. That's soul crushing. That's horrible. Yes, and, and, and this is what quenches the light in our soul. Yeah. When we have been put down or shut down, and that is why, for me, it is so, that's why I run the spiritual awakening programs, because the amount of people that have no trust in themselves, because it is they're tuning into a more material side of their world, what they have not got, rather than what is within. And our biggest, biggest reservoir of blessings and of abundance is within us, within the soul essence of who we are. And so many people don't, until much later, discover this through a journey. Maybe it was illness that propelled them onto this journey. Maybe it was a, a, a broken relationship. And slowly we find our way back to source, back to God, back to the inner self. And that is why we need to honor ourselves because we are divine beings and we are having this amazing human experience, even though there's a lot of chaos going on in our world right now. Yeah, absolutely. Very beautifully put. And, you know, I'm so glad we had this time with you today, Marl. And I want to encourage people as well to go to your website and go to the page where it says uh, The Journey of the Soul. Now, the website is Mariel, M-A-R-I-E-L, Ford, F as in Frank, O-R-D as in David, E, Clark, with an E at the end, MarielFordClark.com. Probably if you do a, a, you know, a search engine, a search for Mariel Ford Clark, even if you uh, misspell it a bit, you'll be, you'll be led to the right place. <laughs> and go to the page that says it's one of, I think it's you, you registered as a blog, which I also do with book excerpts. Um, but it's, it's titled The Journey of the Soul. And it's an excerpt of this absolutely beautiful book, Where After. And the subtitles, Where Do Our Loved Ones Go After They Die? And there's this lovely sort of sprinkling of some philosophical uh, bits of how great minds over the centuries, over the several thousand years have seen this passage from life into afterlife and beautiful bits of poetry from Rumi, Samuel Coleridge. And then the rest is just pure uh, reality. It's not fluff. It's what you yourself have experienced. Your NDEs are nearly having, nearly dying and and, um, twice when you were younger. And then uh, what you saw with loved ones, your friend Yvette, your mother, what have you, and um, and it's 
Um, you know, in the, in the description of the book, it says that it draws on the findings of patients who have had near-death experiences and visions, and it also draws on the findings of renowned scientists and doctors. So it's very balanced. So you're, mm-hmm. you're helping the reader chart the journey of the soul and to navigate their grief. It's perfect for people who have lost someone. I lost so mm-hmm. many people in 2020 and 2021. Yeah. I kind of lose count occasionally, including yeah. one of my very best friends who was a, a guest on our show, uh, Shirley Ballstock, uh, an astounding, uh, gifted, um, uh, intuitive and medium. And, um, she was a, a guest about three or four times and, um, it was very hard to accept her passing. So any support mm. that one can yeah. can get from a book such as this, which reminds us, actually, we weren't, we, were, we came into the physical, but it's not where we originally came from. It's not home. Yes. And we're always going further toward home. And um, it's yeah. on Amazon. Again, where after two words. And where do our loved ones go after they die is a subtitle. The website is MarielFordClark.com. Um, can people email you or I guess they can contact you via the website, Mario. They can. Is that right? They can indeed. And that's what people do. And they're more than welcome. And I'm happy to answer any questions or write out any mantras that they may need for their particular soul at that stage wonderful do you work with people one-on-one or in groups or what do you offer i have i miss my groups i love my groups Mm -hmm. i i've done a lot i have about 15 years where i've been doing one-on-ones but my guides have been pushing me out there to do the greater audiences and i was doing that right up until 2019 but i'll be back in i'll be back with my groups in september please god all right. All right. Wonderful. You're on Facebook. Again, Mario Ford Clark. Um, I guess is actually is that or is it MarioFordClark.com? What's the, the name of the uh, of what is your name on Facebook, um, Mario? I'm just trying to... Caroline, would you believe me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just your name. That's all right. And on Twitter, no, honestly, that's do you know what? My daughter, bless her, she does all my social media ah, platforms. Okay. okay. Like the Instagram, like uh, yes. the Twitter. Yes. Like, you, you, I, I can't even think of them. I mean, I, I'm. these are all new mod cons for me. You know? but, <laughs> no worries. So um, no I'm, I do apologize, but at least I can, I can laugh and say I have no clue. Technology is not my strength whatsoever. No, that's fine. It's not mine either. It's only pure necessity that drives me to know what little I know. Um, You're doing very well, though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But really, anyone, you go to MarioFordClark.com and you will, there's a contact um, page right there. And you'll also see the really lovely products and services that Mario offers and this amazing book. So thank you again so much, Mario. So lovely. You're such a brilliant spirit. So lovely to have you on and very meaningful. I feel for our show. You've been quite an addition. So I must, I must thank you. Uh, from the high well Caroline it's been a great blessing and I'm humbled to be in the presence of such a beautiful soul like yourself I really mean that and I bless you for that and bless all the readers and just to let them know that the journey only begins when we transition to the other side Mm -hmm. amen to that thank you so much and God bless you all many blessings thank you so much hey that was as I kept saying, Mario Ford Clark, and we want to thank her again. And thank you to all our beautiful listeners. And uh, 
I don't know if any of my co-hosts have, have a comment. We have a few minutes, not a lot. But, oh, um, yeah. Caroline, that was, that was great. <laughs> I'm well, telling you, she talks just like me. She shares all the same spiritual stuff. I'm yeah. definitely going to get in touch with her. I don't feel like I'm way out there in the wilderness by myself anymore. <laughs> oh, how wonderful, Omina. So <laughs> fantastic. I, I kept mean, thinking that. I kept wishing that you were there with the conversation and we'll have to Oh, have I know it because she has she has the whole background about the religion, about the the journey of the soul, about the, you know, your own spirituality and yeah. discovering all. I mean, it was just it was delightful. It was delightful. She yeah. confirmed an awful lot of what I do. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And we will have to do an interview between you and Mario and it will be uh, absolutely oh, wonderful. Oh, that would be fun. That yeah. would, because the next time I go to Ireland, I will definitely make sure I meet her. Okay. Oh, definitely. She's in Galway. She's right there. And oh, I, yeah. <laughs> she wants me to visit. So I said, next time I'm there, I will. Absolutely. Well, maybe we can all go together. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wonderful. Oh, wouldn't it though? So, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll handle the talking stick back. All right. Thank you, Omina. Um, I think that Rama did finish his um, his update. So far as I know, his news update. Um, and uh, Rama, if you didn't, please do let me know. Oh, there was one for Thursday. All right. Uh-huh. Great. Yeah. We'll pass that talking stick back to you then. For the Thursday um, update. Oh, we need to say, put, I need to put my heart on my sleeve and say that we need to pay BBS radio. We are a week late. We owe $460. And it's, it's getting intense with all, all right. Energies. All right. Yeah. So rainbowroundtable.net. And there's a page that says donate for donations. I forget which, yeah. and that's how people can assist to keep these shows on the air. Wonderful. All right. Thank you, Rama. Did you have um, so the Thursday update as well? Yes. Okay. I received a call from the puppy lady at 12.15 p.m. this afternoon. She said to me, Lord Rama, I am at the Al-Asqa Mosque located at the Dome of the Rock in East Jerusalem. It is close to the end of Ramadan, and there are more than 250,000 people here. The end of the empire is at hand. We heard through BBC World News that the U.S. USA is broke. There was an announcement made by the Biden administration that they may use the Russian oligarchs' money that was seized by sanction to fund Ukraine. What the F? <laughs> That's the words she said, the lady said. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, this is very, uh, and I heard this morning on the Hart, Tom Hartman show, somebody called it and said, it's $38 billion that they sanctioned. So we're going to take $38 billion of oligarchs' monies from Russian oligarchs and do what? Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's something that you guys will be talking about on your Friday show, I'm sure. 
Yeah. And yes. that CBS radio station too also started the same time, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9, 9 p.m. Eastern. Was there anything else, Rama? Was that no, the end of the... There's a little more there. Yeah. Go ahead. This, All right, go ahead. The, just, there's a little more. This eclipse may just be the feather of Lady Master Ma'at, where everything is transformed to the Yuga timeline. Stay safe. It is a very intense time on Mother Gaia. The z- dark side wants to play with a false flag event. Astar is here. Satnam Namaste, blaze of fire. And this is a note for me. Today in the passenger seat of Blue Sapphire, my shuttlecraft, on the way home from Santa Fe, I saw an image of Mother Sekhmet licking her paws and her paws were red. And it's a metaphor that, you know, it's it's over, so to speak. Yeah. Time for not being here to, uh, you might say, extort the money of humanity for themselves. You saw that in your mind's eye, Rama, or outwardly? It was out of the corner of my eye. Okay. I just saw- saw it in in the car and I was just you know aware of it saying you know it is this hour that we're watching right now where you know they are playing around with you know saber rattling verbally with the idea of nukes and thought forms you know like I keep being told their energy we don't want to go there yeah, yeah. Wow. And and Caroline, Mary, okay. Lady Master Ma is an aspect of segment. Yes. yes, right, absolutely. Well, thank you, Rama, for that, and thank you to all my co-hosts, and we'll continue that conversation Friday night on the Hard News on Friday show with Rama and Tara. And again, um, they do depend on contributions and support from the light community. They are not allowed to work in the system of our usual economic system. So rainbowroundtable.net donations is where you could make a donation and of any amount. It's all appreciated. So thank you so much, everyone. Really lovely evening. And um, Dawn, I guess we're ready for that music. Maestro, please. Um, hopefully he's there. I guess it's about five minutes past the hour. There we go. Thank you, everyone. Much love. Namaste. Namaste.